peace, relatives. It's MC3, a.k.a. Celine Salah, and you are now listening to Step Off Radio. Welcome to another episode of Step Off Radio, the official podcast of Step Off Magazine. I'm your host, Rock Camacho, and I'm excited to have you all here today. we got a great show lined up for y'all with Southern California hip-hop artist Celine Salah, a.k.a. MC Tres. I can't wait to share with y'all. we got a great show lined up, but first we got some messages from our friends over at Perseverance Clothing. And then we will return with my conversation with the one and only Celine Salah, a.k.a. MC Tres. Kiburasa, powerful, persistent, and prolific. We are Perseverance Clothing. Look us up, www.perseveranceclothing.net. Shop now, you won't regret it. Ikeiva la raza. Shout out to Step Off Magazine. Stay up, listen up. We are here. Much love. Internet. Before we start today's show, we just want to remind you all that Step Off Radio is available on all major podcast streaming platforms. Yo, we got the show on so many different platforms, guys. We got available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart Podcast Network, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Podcast Addict, Overcast, Breaker, Podchaser, TuneIn, and of course, SoundCloud. Step Off Radio is 100% free with minimal commercial interference, bringing you the latest in hip-hop, art, culture, and contemporary politics. Step Off Radio is truly the podcast for the people, y'all. So make sure you head over to your favorite podcast streaming platform, click that subscribe button, and make sure to share and review.
the past several years, underground hip-hop artist Celine Salah, a.k.a. MC Tres, has made her rounds of the underground hip-hop scenes of Los Angeles, California, garnering a small but dedicated and growing audience online. Hailing from Inglewood, California, and her family tracing their roots to Colombia, the up-and-coming MC regularly uses her platform to incorporate a blend of philosophies of decolonization, indigenous empowerment, and new age spirituality into her unique brand of hip-hop. Utilizing classic boom-bap production, the Southern California MC has crafted a sound that evokes the nostalgia of hip-hop's golden era and conjures memories of classic New York artists of yesteryear. Pulling inspiration from revered iconic hip-hop artists such as Gangstar, The Tribe Called Quest, Jedi Mind Tricks, Wu-Tang Clan, and M of Doom. Since releasing her debut project, Associate Blossoms, in 2019, Celine Salah has created a rich tapestry of different sounds, ideas, and philosophies in her music that has set her and her work apart from anything else being created by her peers in the underground hip-hop scene of Los Angeles. Through this unique blend of traditional hip-hop aesthetics and the decolonial ideals of modern indigenous empowerment movements, Celine Salah has strived to create inspirational music that is both classic and timeless not only for modern listeners, but for future listeners to come as well. Having garnered a dedicated and growing following online, Selene has become one of the most prominent torchbearers at the forefront of indigenous resistance in the underground hip-hop scenes of Southern California. During our discussion with Selene, we were able to talk about the origins of her music career, her debut mixtape, Suchio Blossoms, Decolonization, Indigenous Resistance in Hip-Hop, and other future projects currently in the works. With that said, we here at Step Off Radio hope you all enjoy our conversation with the one and only Celine Salah. Peace. 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 Alright, internets, welcome to another episode of Step Off Radio, the official podcast of Step Off Magazine. Today, joining us from Inglewood, California, we have the one and only Celine Salah joining us on another distant episode of Step Off Radio. Thank you for coming on the show, for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Of course, you know. Now, for our listeners out there that may not be familiar with you, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us your name. Uh, where you're from, and what is it exactly that you do? Sure. I just turned 27 years old. I've been MCing for eight years. Um, my parents are Colombian. Medellin and Cali is what I rep. Um, I was actually born in Guatemala, though. Um, so I rep also as well Quetzaltenango. I was born next to a volcano, and then I was raised over here in California. So I have a lot of flavor. A lot of, um, I got super absorbed by hip hop and that is my, the love of my life. And I, you know, want to achieve all the elements and yeah, my whole life has become hip hop. <laughs> no doubt. Columbia represent in the house tonight. We just had Azamali on the show and he represents he Columbia hard. Yeah, you know. he does. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, so well, with that said. You know, let's start at the beginning. Tell us a little bit about your early years. You know, uh, did you grow up in a music or an artistic household? And also, what kind of music did you listen to growing up? You know, what got played regularly in your house? Um, well, my parents, they, they would do a lot of, like, missionary work. So I would listen. So I was very involved, I guess, in music because worship was a part of our lifestyle. So we were 
I guess what you would call religious, you know, we were very involved in like church and community. So I grew up in community and music and stuff like that. But it wasn't until I realized what hip hop was here, you know, so hip hop definitely and jazz and, um, but I would say that hip hop was like the main genre that really stimulated and enlightened me. But other than that, my musical influences, um, my dad does listen to a lot of salsa. He was a professional salsa dancer when he was young in Colombia. So even though, you know, he's very involved in, in church and stuff like that, he's very musical. He's very, you know, he loves to dance. He's very social. So I grew up just with all those elements. said let's go into a little bit about what got you into hip-hop you know you're a multi-disciplined artist you're an MC. you dabble a little bit in dj and producing as well you're a b-girl and you're a graffiti writer you possess a very deep appreciation and understanding of the art form when did you fall in love with hip-hop and what exactly was it that got you into hip-hop culture well, I have a very specific artist named Nujibis. He's the Japanese producer. The first time I heard his music, I realized that hip hop is way more profound than most people know. There's so much depth to it. Once I started just realizing that there was underground hip hop, it wasn't what you listen to on the radio, but there's many you know, amazing artists. So as soon as I kind of realized that, I just got so intrigued. I just wanted to, you know, listen to more and more. And, you know, it just seemed like so spiritual to me. I don't know, just hip hop just really touched my soul. So I think that it was around high school. It was around kind of late. I wasn't like hip hop head since I was little. It was more around high school when I got introduced to, you know, the reality of hip-hop. And also, you know, with that said, I gotta ask, you know, what's the origin behind your stage name? Uh, you know, what is this, what significance does it hold? And if I understand correctly, it was actually your graffiti writing name prior to becoming a recording artist, correct? Yes. So, uh, well, for starters, I've tried graffiti. I'm not a graffiti artist. I, you know, I, I've tried Big Girl. I'm not, you know, I don't claim to be these things because, you know, these elements are extremely, you know, high level performance. So mm -hmm. I, I do, you know, I've DJed before, but I'm not a DJ, you know. So, but I do want to achieve all these things. So I, you know, I don't feel that I've earned the titles yet, but I definitely am a lover of these things. And so my name originally was Tres. It, yeah, it was Tres, but I actually just changed it to Celine Salah. And I did receive it through graffiti. Like just, I saw the name in graffiti on the freeway and I was like looking for a rapper name. And I said, that's it, Tres, you know? because I'm also into numerology and three actually represents like the manifestation number or like um, 
the element of earth. That is why I liked the dress because uh-huh. it, to me they represent like a tree as well. You know, like bringing that manifestation into this plane, the third dimension. So just the three, just to me, you know, especially you know I'm very into like nature and you know the divine feminine. So I just felt that the number three in Spanish was you know the perfect thing to represent me. And I ran, I ran with it, MC Tres. I always added the MC because I just thought it sounded so good together. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I really ran with MC Tres for for eight years. But then, you know, I just my style was evolving. I was mastering my craft. You know, I'm getting older. And Tres, I just felt that I I wanted to you know bring a a more a, something different, another AKA name. So Celine Salah. But my name is Celine, and then I added Salah because it's an ancient word that actually means like, you know, it means like infinite, or it means forever, or it means like a moment where you receive a music or you embrace poetry. You know, I added the Salah to my name, and yeah, I just so now I'm Celine Salah. So yeah. <laughs> made you want to uh, change it? Um, My style has been evolving so much, you know, and even as me wanting to become a producer, I was like, okay, what's going to be my producer name, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I really like Celine. I actually changed my name when I became an American citizen like two years ago to Celine, which means moon, it just means moon goddess in Greek. And I just like how, how it sounds harmonically. And so I chose Celine, and Salah has always been uh, a word that I liked, you know. I'm, I'm into, like, the Rasta culture, you know. I, I like to smoke weed, and um, also, you know, and it's also, like, in the Bible. It's also, you know, I just wanted something, like, ancient or something mystic. So Salah, which means, like, forever, or, you know, it's in Proverbs, and it's supposed to be, like, at the end of the poems, kind of like a another more poetic for amen it's like a different kind of vibration than amen it's more like yeah it's like a different energy and so yeah that's how i transitioned to that no doubt all right now you've been emceeing and making music in la since 2013 uh you know, tell us a little bit more about your musical influences when one listens to your music and the boom bap production that you love to rhyme over brings back these uh, nostalgic memories of hip hop's golden era from you know classic East Coast artists like Gangstar, Wu Tang, A Tribe Called Quest, Black Moon, and others. What inspired your sound, especially being an artist that's on the West Coast? And what inspired you to go from this passive position as a fan consuming the art and deciding to take this active role in creating your own music and become a performer and pursuing it just beyond like a hobby? I was heavily influenced by the East Coast hip hop, Gangstar, Death Effects, Jairo the Damager. I did not really was aware of, of the hip hop in LA because I was just so caught up. First of all, not really knowing what I'm listening to. Like, I don't know where it's coming from. I'm just like hip hop, underground, you know? But as I got older, I was like, oh, it comes from New York. And oh, most of what I listen to really does come 
from the born, you know, the birthplace of hip hop. And so I was just very heavily influenced by that. And my style just was very poetic, you know? I don't think I had the right formation of the structure in the 16 bars. So my style was really wild, really lyrical, you know, I was super wild style. Mm-hmm. And, and I really embraced that beginning of mine because it just you know it makes you be different because you're not following a specific structure you know you're just exploring you know so I think that my style has evolved from just from that like wild style like east coast hip-hop to learning more on how to you know songwriting and how to really express myself and also how to capture the minds and attentions because I know that you know sometimes if you're a little too lyrical or it's too long you know so I I began to just develop my style on how to be more professional at what I do and how to you know bring all the elements that I want to but still capture their attentions you know inspired you to go from being a fan of the music to actually creating your own music what was that catalyst well it's I was really into activism when I was younger so well I still am but you know that's really what inspired me I really wanted to like enlighten people and wake people up and make them more aware of you know what they were eating and you know you know just the system that that we're living in just to be more aware of it and I just caught myself always on Instagram trying to like enlighten people and stuff and you know and then I would just end up writing rhymes you know I'm writing a message and I would just end up rhyming away and that's just kind of when I started realizing like you know what like I'm pretty hip-hop or you know I'm over here writing rhymes and then once I tried my first freestyle forget about it I mean it was just they sparked me up that fire inside of me I just started spitting and I realized like you know what this is my destiny right here nice (laughs) You know, so you're doing activism, you're starting this path of making music. You know, tell us a little bit about your experiences growing up in Inglewood. Paint a picture of growing up in your neighborhood and what ways has the neighborhood and perhaps LA as a whole kind of molded and shaped your perspective and the sound and content of your music as well. Yes, I would love to talk about that because I live down the Forum. So I live down like the Inglewood Cemetery, but I actually live in the city of Hawthorne. But I, because hip-hop is mostly like in Crenshaw and and LA and stuff like that so I always like repped Inglewood because you know that's like the city that I would mostly be in mm-hmm. and and so how did it influence me um just the journey that I would have to take I mean I live a little far from LA so I would take three trains just to go to downtown LA and and be at the events and stuff so it um I think the city, it was just an adventure. Like, I would do whatever I have to do to get to hip-hop. So it was just really fun to just be by myself, and I'm just exploring, and I'm just around hip-hop, you know? It was, there's only, like, specific people there, you know? So I just always felt really proud of my existence and and my, you know, my effort of of being involved in hip-hop and in different cities all over L.A., and, you know, wherever hip-hop was, you know. 
speaking about this, your journey through hip hop, back in 2019, you released your very first project, uh, Sochia Blossom. Nothing about alchemy, all the electricity flowing through your body, mesmerizing thy enemy with thy heavenly mass appeal. My rhythm alone changed the direction, reminded them about their destiny. In uh. the language of the stars, in the way they dance to the music of the spheres without an apology, chaos becomes harmony. Listen silently, this is the return of the cosmic gangster with a peace of mind traveling from 3030. MC3 Armory is vinyl, vital, inspire me to grab a MIC and educate you like confusion. No need for confusion. Mainstream is an illusion, an intrusion, yet underground profusion. Roots of the family tree run deep to the Song Dynasty. Of the family tree, uh, where music was just as important as honesty. The government was governed not by politics, but musical notes, sacred rhythms, the sun and vote. And when they expanded the rice cultivation and wood block, they gave us the scriptures and sutras that made many believers. My rhymes as sacred as the great Dadini Sutra. Empress Wu characters were found. The symbols remain profound. Empress Wu characters were found. The symbols remain profound. Just listen to my sound. Deep like the roots on the ground. Tell us a little bit about the backstory of that album. You know, what is the significance of the name? And what was the recording process like? And describe that journey of it coming together between 2013, when you first start on this journey, to 2019 when you finally put this project out? So I put in so much work just writing rhymes and listening to beats and just, you know, being hip-hop and just watering that that seed inside of me. And once I really went to just evolving, so I put in a lot of work and I didn't really have any friends. I didn't really have any connections. So it took me a long time to to finally achieve, you know, that first album. And the way it happened was just super hip hop. I mean, I'm hanging out with this, you know, with this OG artist who's teaching me how to produce. And, and they had the Fat Beats grand opening, which is, you know, the record label Fat Beats in LA. So I go, you know, and I'm just, you know, I'm just supporting hip hop, but I met, you know, a lot of people and one cat, he's in the group called Salvajes. They're this really cool Mexican hip hop group. He was like, you know what, you know, come to Santa Ana, come to Orange County, come to my studio. You know, I would love to record you. And I was like, you know, stop playing. Like, you know, so I went, actually was going to New York at the time. Um, when I, as soon as I came back from New York, I went to go visit him. And sure enough, he let me choose a bunch of beats that they just had, like in the vault that they didn't use. You know, some really cool boom-bat boom bat beats. And I just, I chose them. It really went with my songs. You know, we did it in like four months. I think the album, I would go like every week and we would record a new song. I choose a new beat 
and as I was developing that, I just made up the name or I chose the name Sochil because, you know, I like to really represent the indigenous, you know, lifestyle. And then, you know, that just means flower. It means that fertility. It means, you know, that divinity of the, of the woman. And also blossom to me just felt like I'm finally blossoming my dream. And so it was a really, you know, fast project or, you know, I just was so anxious, like I want an album, you know, I'm doing it. And, you know, it was it was hard because I really did not have much experience, you know. So it was just something I just threw myself and, you know, created an album cover. We did it by scratch, you know, like we hit a graffiti friend to lose some records to like a board paint it and so I you know I was able to really be creative with my project I did make an album cover from scratch you know I paid for pictures mastering CDs and yeah that was my humble beginning as you said super hip-hop humble origins it's dope I love it you know, and I love how you uh, how you bring up the name because your music uh, comes from a position that is decidedly pro-indigenous. Um, you know, your music is layered with messages of indigenous empowerment, spirituality, uh, mysticism, and it showcases that you are very much invested in making a change in the community through your music. As a creative, you know, what responsibility and obligation do you believe that hip hop artists have in our society to be speakers of truth to power? especially when expressing dissent and challenging institutions that perpetuate and uphold repressive systems are so dominant in this moment right now? Oh, I feel we have all the responsibility because we are responsible and should know that hip-hop originated from that, you know, from that activism, from that resistance is why hip-hop was born. So I think that we shouldn't forget our roots and it's just it's where we came from you know I feel like it's our existence is a resistance and I think that is so important for us to do what we can as artists we do have more of a more of an advantage you know to speak for those that maybe don't have their voice you know as heard the way we do so I think that we have all the responsibility and we should do more to unite and the you know, to create our own resources or just to, you know, make a change in the community. I think we have, we have the ability and we should tap into it more. Yeah, absolutely. Many artists uh, bristle or shy away from such labels as being woke or, you know, a lot of artists and performers, they, they worry about getting flack from certain circles in society when they speak out on social issues. Where do you think an artist draws the line on speaking out on these issues? Do you think that they should be fearless in speaking this out regardless of their repercussions? I think you should definitely be fearless. You know, I think that music is of the soul, you know. I think that music is, is the most spiritual thing that we have on earth. And I think that we should respect it and acknowledge that, you know. So I think that once, once you have that respect then, you know, the responsibility comes with it and you shouldn't care about what others think and like that because we have to be leaders. We have to, you know, set the example. Just the way 
you know, our parents or our ancestors have done for us, you know, they weren't thinking like, hold up, you know, this is going to come out on Instagram, you know, no, our ancestors were doing things because they were thinking about our future and generational wealth, you know, and I think that that's what we should be more focused on. Now, kind of going into like the spirituality of you, because like I earlier in the interview, you were talking about how your family is very invested in uh, in worship in the church. And in your music, you also, you include, like you said, there's there's indigenous influence of spirituality, there's mysticism, there's numerology. Where do all these different influences come from, you know, and how do you, how do you incorporate all these different philosophies, you know, as a whole into your music? Mm-hmm. Well, I've always been a bookhead. I've always been really addicted to knowledge or, you know, I've just always liked to know what the fuck the world is about, you know? And that's when I started to really get into, you know, what really runs the system and, you know, what is the foundation of the system? And it's, you know, not really a pretty picture, you know, things are pretty ugly. And in that route, in, you know, the darkness, it led me to the light, which was mysticism which was you know just um ancestral knowledge you know it was just really tapping in, into you know our spiritual roots because at the end of the day that is what you know that is what they have manipulated and have been able to you know take over you know certain you know frequencies and certain you know energies that are the foundation of of our life you know so that's how I got really into it and I just I love to read I'm I'm so I like to I like to really just get into that ancient knowledge the knowledge that has been kept from us you know knowledge that has been taken away from us and so that has that just called me or you know that and ever since that has been my my priority to just to to share that knowledge and to also gain that knowledge realizing that there's nothing more important than to you know regain the knowledge that was stolen from us it's very powerful stuff and along with that there's also a strong message of indigenous empowerment in your music as well, and a strong philosophy of decolonization in your artwork. The term gets thrown around a lot these days in academia or online or as a hashtag, you know, or just a just a general buzzword. What does decolonization mean to you personally, and how is it expressed and manifested in both your music and daily life? That's a really deep question, y'all. <laughs> Um, like I said, I think that our existence is a resistance. And I think that it's important to know the history of the land that you're walking on, first of all, you know, the history of the land, what what was here before we were here. And that is our ancestors. And there was a certain lifestyle. There was certain there was certain laws, you know, and these laws were according to the elements and they were according to earth and they were according to nature. And that is how we evolved, first of all, you know, that is how we evolved into where we are now. So to me, it ties everything, everything from my life, 
to to me it's very important that you know I'm I'm changing the generational ignorance because obviously my parents are not that aware of the effect of colonialism and I think that it's really important for me to just be aware of of the history of things and what what has led us you know where we came from and where we're going I think those the most important questions and so I do think that that is the rule and I think that in order to for us to truly continue to evolve we must understand foundation and the system and why you know it was manipulated and why why the fear of our ancestral knowledge so I think that it's the yeah completely tied to to our lives yeah, you know, kind of take us on a journey, if you will, on this path to decolonization, because as colonized people, whether we come from, whether our families descend from Mexico or Colombia or Nicaragua, uh, El Salvador, anywhere in these in these countries, you know, so many of our people are detribalized. There's so much spiritual knowledge that is just due to colonization has just been stripped away from us and our history. Has that ever like created any conflict? Because there's so much different, it intersects in so many different ways, whether it's history or religion or traditions or stuff like that. Has there ever been any conflict or, you know, tell us about, you know, your journey? Oh, of course. I mean, you know, just realizing the, just the systematic religions that most of the world practice, which is Christian and Catholicism and realizing the true history of, of those origins and just growing up doing missionary work and this whole time I'm thinking, you know, I'm helping people, community, you know, this is beautiful. Like I'm helping people, like, you know what I mean? To me, it just seemed like the most beautiful and sacred thing in the world. I thought that religion was, was just a very sacred thing. But as I grew up and realized what colonialism was, I mean, obviously, as you know, you're just mind blown, like, wait a minute, why are we, why are we holding these traditions so strongly when they're not necessarily out, they're not necessarily ours. So I think that, yes, it did create a lot of conflict in my life, just realizing what, what, what kind of beliefs I was being brought on or what kind of history Mm -hmm. nobody ever, my parents did not tell me, Hey, this is your lineage. These are your ancestors. This is your tribe. And you're right, it's, it's, you know, it's such a big thing that intersects because I'm all the way from Colombia, but I relate so much to my relatives here, you know, in the Mexica land. And we just all have so much, you know, we're all fighting the same fight. And so to me, yeah, it has created much conflict to, to grow up here and not even being raised in California and not knowing the true history of this land. Growing up thinking, oh, I'm in America, you know, this beautiful place that everyone wants to come to you know? so mm-hmm. to me it was extremely important to for me to to learn these things you know because even my older sister that I have she's not as aware or interested in this knowledge you know and so to to be around this ignorance and and knowing that I'm younger than all these <laughs> you know people that are older than me elders and you know for them to have that for them not to have that knowledge, it is it, it creates a big conflict. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing 
that personal story with us. Like my uh, like my brother uh, Jag from Cosmic Force says, you know, when we take this journey down the red road, we'll look different and vary from our own personal experiences depending on our families, the places we grow up in, and where our families come from. But like as you said, we are all fighting the same fight and against the same oppressive system as well. So again, thank you, Celine, for sharing that journey with us. Of course. So as well as all these other messages incorporating your music, uh, you also have a variety of themes of female empowerment in your music, which is just something very, very beautiful, I may add, by the way. Uh, what are your thoughts on the current state of female representation in hip-hop? You know, Although there's more big-name uh, hip-hop artists that are women than ever before, the genre in most regards is still dominated by men. And the genre has a long history of misogyny that has been tough to shake, even in recent years. What has been your experience as a female hip-hop artist in the genre? Um, it's been an interesting experience being almost the only woman rapping in most places that I go to. It makes me feel more of a responsibility to represent you know, to represent just hip-hop, you know, the, the rawness of hip-hop. Most of the time, people's styles are just, you know, they're just a little off sometimes. And so I just, and somehow it encouraged me. Somehow it became a fire that was fueling me to know that I was a one-woman army. It just fueled me up. Like, every time I would grab the mic, I'm just bringing it, like, you know, like there's no tomorrow. So I think that... It has been something that I used as a good thing, you know, something that I used as as a medicine. At the same time, it's been hard because I wish that I wish that there was more there was more women in hip hop. I wish there was more brown women in hip hop. I wish there was more more women producers, women everything. At the same time, though, much respect to all the women that are there. You know, there is a lot of big girls, graffiti artists. There's so many women MCs all over the world, so I can't really say that, you know, there isn't, because there is, mm -hmm. but we, I do feel that, of course, we, we should receive more light, especially, like, you know, like Cardi B winning, you know, all these Grammys and stuff. I think she's pretty, at first I didn't like her, but now I think she's pretty badass, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, just her rap, you know? But there is amazing artist you know like this artist from the UK called Akua Naru you know she's African she was raised in the UK you know she is you know there's just so many other artists women that are doing amazing things in hip-hop and they're talented and you know they're multi-dimensional talented smart educational woman and I feel like where are their Grammys at so there's definitely of course you know, we definitely need to, definitely need more pressure, you know, and I think the industry and mainstream, you know. Like just today, I was learning about more women producers, and there's a couple, like I did not know, you know, there's um, a couple artists, women artists, producers that have big hits on the radio that you just would never know that a woman produced that, so... It's, I think it's important for us to do our homework too and find out, hey, you know, what is, who are the thriving women in hip hop right now? So I think that we should push ourselves to just explore more because no one's gonna 
tell you, you have to educate yourself. Now, on, uh, on top of that, uh, you're also a bilingual artist. And uh, not only do you regularly incorporate Spanish into your songs, but you've actually recorded entire songs completely in Spanish as well. Uh, you, what are your thoughts on Latino and Chicano representation in hip hop, especially as our communities increasingly become a growing fan base within the genre? Oh, I think that. Man, hip hop is so different in South America, and and I think that it's um it's a different kind of passion. It's a it's just beautiful energies anywhere you go. I I highly recommend people to to see hip hop different countries because it's different. And so I I don't know. I'm really proud of the way hip hop has evolved in these third world countries. I think that they have just really blown people's minds and they just took it to a next level. I mean, just look at the different genres we've created from, you know, reggaeton to to trap and to, you know, all these new avenues that hip hop has created. I think that, oh man, there's just so much, there's so much good music in Spanish. And I'm just grateful to to be able to to listen to it and search for it and find it. And um, I don't know, every day I'm, I'm looking for, you know, new rappers. So I don't know, just there is so much. Like, if anything, I would like to just showcase, you know, all the hip hop I listen to or, you know, all the women rappers that I know. I think that, I think that it's amazing. It's awesome. I think that hip hop and Spanish is a whole other level. And I think that people, you know, shouldn't sleep on it. Absolutely. Do you prefer listening to hip hop in English or Spanish? Do you have a preference? I don't have a preference, both, but sometimes Spanish, there's maybe, maybe <laughs> Spanish. <laughs> maybe just a little bit? <laughs> yeah, maybe just a little bit. Okay. <laughs> As people may see who follow you in social media, you know, you've even mentioned this before in the interview, you're an avid reader and you constantly seem to have a new book in your hand. Uh, do you have any suggestions or book recommendations that you'd like to make to our oh, listeners out there? Yes. Right now I'm reading JC. He wrote a book called Decoded, and it's really, really good. So I highly recommend that. But other than that, classics that you have to read are, you know, The Gospel of Hip Hop by Karis One. Um, damn, there's this other hip hop book, Hip Hop in the, in the Beginning. I forgot what it's called, but... Um, there's this book like the uh, kind of like the autobiography of hip hop. Mm -hmm. That's a really that's a really you know amazing one. I just highly recommend reading autobiographies of artists. Um, autobiographies. I also read Rakim's book that he just wrote. Mm. Don't sweat the technique. I highly recommend that one. Excellent just, read. Yeah, autobiographies though are are a personal favorite of mine. So. Just really reading the perspective of artists, it's life-changing. And even, not just hip-hop, but any kind of genre, there's, there's so much wisdom to receive from artists. Yeah, absolutely. 
you know, going into like your personal taste in hip hop, you know, can you tell us who your top five artists are and your top five albums if you got them on deck? Um, I told myself like who my new favorite artists are. Um, I would have to really say um, Hispana, Mamba Negra. She's this Mexican rapper. She's amazing. Akua Naru, she's also, you know, an MC from the UK. She's African. She's really amazing. Uh, Ciroc, I probably have to say, you know, she's really amazing. And um, who else? Um, I would definitely say Spectra de la Rima. She's a Colombian rapper. She's amazing as well. And one more well you showcase indigenous cats they're they're one of my favorite groups too shout out the plex um, and Ina. yes 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 most definitely so you know i think those are like just artists that that are definitely my top no doubt do you um do you have a top um, top five albums <laughs> uh definitely moment of truth mm -hmm. you know gangstar Probably, probably like a tribe called Quest. I want to say like all their albums. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> De La Soul. Um, and just Nujibis for sure. Nujibis for sure. One of my favorite albums. Um, MF Doom. Man, I can't choose one album, but like their albums. <laughs> no doubt, that's that's a solid list right there. You really can't go wrong with any one of those artists that you just named. Right. <laughs> if you had one message to give to your fans, or if there was one thing to have your fans remember you by, what would it be? Oh man, my message would be to to really you know remember your purpose to walk in your purpose to you know to tap into your eternal wisdom that is in your soul there is divine revelation for you to receive once you tap into all your heart once you don't get caught up in the illusion don't get caught up in the materialism don't get caught up in the money don't get caught up in your job and you know just remember that there's room to grow. There's potential. You have potential to to move in whatever direction you want. You know, the trees may give us the air, but they, they give us the opportunity to walk wherever we want. You know, that's why we're not rooted. Literally, you know, we are spiritually rooted to earth, but we have the liberty to dream at night. We have a subconscious, we have our imagination. So my message is to really, you know, tap into your power and tap into that ancestral DNA, <laughs> activate. <laughs> Absolutely. With things slowly beginning to go back to normal, it seems that very soon in the future, we will probably be able to go back to shows and live performances. What can you tell us about the upcoming projects that you have lined up for the future in 2021 and beyond? And what does the immediate future hold for Celine Salah? Well, my next project is Taste of Satori. I um, just have to record two more songs for it. I'm going to be working on some music videos for that. It's going to be my first like professional project. So I'm really excited on the potential that I have to create my first legit album. 
And from there, I really want to get into producing and also releasing my woman crew, the Womb Tank. You know, I'm still trying to recruit women MCs and, you know, to create a global international project. So that's definitely going to take a lot of, of time to develop. So a producing album, a Womb Tang album, and like two more projects of, of, of songs that I just have ready, you know, that I'm just trying to, to wait and just put it together. No doubt. Do you have a, is there a general timetable when those projects will come out or is it when it comes, when the time is right, the time is right. Yeah, I have no timetable, but I'm super focused in, in this and these following projects. So, you know, I think that, I think that'll probably take three years, you know, that Mm -hmm. I'll probably be releasing all these things. But I think that from, from now until I turn 30, I think I'll be able to really show people what hip hop has done for me. No doubt. We eagerly await to hear all the new stuff. Where can people find you and follow you online to see all of your work and get all the latest updates for new music, shows, promotions, and other events? Yes. You can follow me on Instagram by Celine.Selah, S-E-L-A-H, or also Exotic Terrestrial. And on my SoundCloud is where I'm going to be it's where I have been releasing my singles, the same Celine Salah. And I do have my first album on Spotify, Sochit Blossom, if you guys want to tap in. It is in my old name, TR3S. And, you know, feel welcome to, to message me or to contact me. And, and yeah. Well, with that said, do you have any closing comments or anything else you want to let our listeners know about yourself and any upcoming music or any closing words of wisdom? Yes, I just want to say thank you. It's like inspiring to see you, you know, believe in, in hip hop and do whatever it takes to share hip hop with others. I really admire it. It's definitely what, what I like to do. And I would say um, I'm going to drop my music video soon for Kama Sutra. It's a single in Taste of Satori. It's a love song. I have started the the process already so i'm just trying to finish that music video and i just want to say that you know hip-hop is infinite and you know hip-hop is this a beautiful woman that we should appreciate that we should you know respect and yeah here's to see what you know what what we're going to create absolutely celine salah it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for coming onto the show and being with us today Ladies and gentlemen, Celine Salah, you can check out her mixtape. So Chill Blossom is out on her SoundCloud right now. Everyone, applause for Celine Salah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it. Well, that's our show. Once again, big shout out to the lovely Celine Salah for coming onto the show and gracing us with her presence. We're going to close out today's show with a cut from Celine Salah from her debut album, Socia Blossom. It's called Sung Dynasty. It's the lead single off the album. Once again, you could look that up by searching MC Tres and Socia Blossom on Spotify. And with that said, we out. Peace. 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 Rising the enemy with thy heavenly masterpiece.
direction reminded them about their destiny uh, in the language of the stars and the way they dance to the music of the spheres without an apology chaos becomes harmony listen silently this is the return of the cosmic gangster with a peace of mind traveling from 3030 mc3 Marie is vinyl, vital, inspire me to grab a MIC and educate you like confusion. No need for confusion. Mainstream is an illusion, an intrusion, yet underground profusion. Roots of the family tree run deep to the Song Dynasty. Roots of the family tree, uh, where music was just as important as honesty. The government was governed not by politics, but musical notes, sacred rhythms, the sun and vote. And when they expanded the rice cultivation and wood block, they gave us the scriptures and sutras that made many believers. My rhymes that sacred as the great Darini Sutra. Empress Wu characters were found. The symbols remain profound. Empress Wu characters were found. The symbols remain profound. Just to my sound deep like the roots on the ground hip-hop mystic traveling through the 36 chambers uh, look beyond the physical and realize it's all spiritual use your vessel as an instrumental let me simulate your mental in a way you never felt before i'm here to remind you to protect your temple remember the fundamentals and respect the pencil that came from a tree and the original name of the nile river was happy i'm an mc not an entertainer but an originator so respect your origin for you came from a womb so you must represent the honorable woman who gave birth when she opened her thighs a new generation lies so think twice before you put down the hand that fed you you better protect your neck cause you're in danger when you neglect the architect don't put me to a test cause like a black hole i can devoid your existence expect my resistance if you target my lineage that's been here before all the colonizers destroyed the land in my hands i hold the seeds that will fruit my dynasty that will fruit my exotic dynasty <laughs> This episode of Step Off Radio is recorded at the Justice Center, San Diego, and our music was done by DJ Root. This has been a Step Off Magazine production.